We're going quiet, 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 loud on Devil Times 5 this month with the new wave of haunted house movies, including Annabelle and Paranormal Activity 3. Hello you, you're listening to episode 5 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. I'm Cliff, and my fellow things that go bump in the night are Richard, Holly, CJ and Sarah. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, have any of you guys ever seen a ghost? No. No. No, No, of course not, they don't exist, do they? No. So moving on. (laughs) Let's talk about our highs and lows of the last month of uh, horror movie watching. I I actually do have a sort of a ghost story. Oh yeah. It doesn't involve anyone <laughs> shitting themselves good. this time, don't worry. <laughs> Go on, um, I, I, I had this weird dream. This is probably going back about 15 years. I had this strange dream that I was being pulled out of the bed by like a dark figure at the end of the bed, like pulling my feet out. And it was very vivid. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up um, and thought, oh, that's a bit fucked up. And then the next day, my stepmom called me on the phone and she said, She'd had a really strange dream last night that some dark figure at the end of the bed was pulling, was pulling her you feet. off in your bed. Uh, no, no, she, she, <laughs> she'd had a dream <laughs> that a dark figure was standing at the end of her bed, Ooh. pulling her feet um, out of the bed in exactly the same way that I'd had. Ooh, that's really that. weird. Yeah, really that was weird. weird. So that could have been a ghost. Mm. Um, so let's talk about the last. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. Edit that from the, the final cut. <laughs> Go back to highlights and lowlights. So CJ, we'll start with you. Um, oh, in fuck. the last month, which film possessed you, and which film needs an exorcism? I think probably the high point, uh, and and this shows what a bad month it was. The high point was uh, the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray of The Undertaker. Yeah, the uh, thing with Joe Spinell. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but um, it's not great. It's like a really, really low rent, incoherent version of Maniac, but that is still better than a film that is nothing to do with Maniac. So um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, obviously, Joe Spinell, a lot of fun, a lot of gunning at the camera, a lot of fucking people in the intestines. You know, it was. Um, <laughs> Good, clean fun for all the family. So I enjoyed The Undertaker. Does he, does he use the end of the intestine to penetrate, or does he make a new hole? Or does he just put them all in a big pile, like a, like a jar? We don't actually mirror? see it, but I would imagine he uses the end. I mean, that's the logical thing to do, right? I mean, why else would you use the intestine? Why not another organ? But the intestine's already mm. got like a... But like, you're, all, you're all staring at me like, what the fuck is he doing? Is anyone about? who has anal sex is essentially fucking some intestines? Aren't they? <laughs> I mean, my anatomy is not great, but. Wow, we've really got off to a, to a high-brow start. <laughs> Let's move on to my low light, shall we? Yes. Was, was it the last two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apart from that, it was uh, the equally unsophisticated and crass uh, Beaster Bunny. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has seen Beast of Bunny released in some territories as Beast of Day. Um, that is a really, really zero budget piece of shit uh, with a bunny that chases topless women around and cuts them in half for reasons. When was it made? Uh, it was made in 2014, I believe. So about uh, the same time, I think, as Bunny the Killer Thing, the Finnish film. I haven't seen have that. Seen that? Yeah, that's about some sort of mutant-human bunny hybrid who goes around fucking people with his, you know, his big cock. So what, and, what, hmm? happened, what happened in 2014 that created this zeitgeist? I don't know if I've got that year right, but um, it was around that time. 
Wow. Um, that's, that's not very good either, but it's, it's not terrible. Um, Holly, what's your highs and lows? Uh, high would be Firewalk with me. Uh, so you've just finished rewatching Twin Peaks then? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't really... I hadn't ever seen the second season, and I watched the first season when it was on, and I was a child, so I didn't really remember much of anything, and uh, it, it blew me away. The show and the movie, especially the movie, it was yeah. powerful. It's great, and um, I remember watching... I went to see it one night in London um, when it came out on a... It wasn't a double bill, but we made our own double bill. We saw Firewalk with me, and then we went around the corner for the European premiere of Brain Dead, which was introduced by Stuart Gordon. <laughs> oh, it was, nice. It was a top night. <laughs> I find it weird when people say they don't like season two of Twin Peaks, because for me, that was just incredible. I just thought it got better and better and better. Um, well, I've been rewatching it, and uh, so it's the third time I've watched it all the way through now, and um, I just am not finding the big lull that I found last time with it. Yeah. I, I thought it was dreadful the last time I watched it. No, I can't really. Uh, I can't hear Richard. Oh no, Richard can't hear you. Is it plugged in all the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it in the right hole? <laughs> it needs to be in the pink one, Richard. <laughs> Stop it. You can't hear me at all? Oh, that no, no, better. that's much better, yeah. How, how about this? Yeah, oh, that's better. That's, that's great. Yeah. Oh, okay, Damn. good. Were you going to say something about Firewalk with me? Richard. Who, me? Yeah. No. Or season two, <laughs> season two or what? No. Okay, <laughs> Master of the anticlimax. <laughs> Johnson. I mean, I, like, I, I love it, but I think Holly covered it well. I do enjoy season two of, of Twin Peaks, though, but I understand people who don't like it as I don't like it as much as the first one it kind of goes downhill towards the middle but then it picks up at the end I think there are a lot of uh, kind of silly uninteresting subplots there can on. be and then when and then it got cancelled didn't it and they they yes. for the last three or four episodes to tie things up and that's when it sort of yeah really picks yeah. up again uh, Holly what's your low? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right but I think it was, it was called Mimes's Mimesis. Whatever the fuck it's called. It was awful. It was just like a... You know, they tried to add a spin to it, but it was basically just a really low-budget Night of the Living Dead remake. Did sound like quite an interesting plot. They're, oh, these people are at a... They're at a horror movie convention, and they're invited to this party or something, and they all show up at the party, and then everyone kind of blacks out, and then when they wake up, they're essentially in the farmhouse from Night of the Living Dead and they're all dressed like the characters from Night of the Living Dead and they're put in the same scenario with zombies and whatnot. But what bothered me is that, you know, they were at a horror convention, they're horror movie fans, but then when they wake up dressed like the characters from Night of the Living Dead, they had no idea <laughs> that's what was going on. So, bullshit. Yeah, it's just as well they woke up in a um, public domain film, isn't it? Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I, I did notice that Mimesis is an anagram of Mimsies, so if anyone wants to make a porno remake, it should definitely be called Mimsies. CJ. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, could, they could all wake up and find they're in Night of the Jizzing Dead. Oh. Jesus Christ. Uh, Richard, what's your uh, high? 
Spain. Can I do two lows instead of one high and low? If so, there would be uh, Paranormal Activity 3 and Annabelle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 but we're talking about them later. So what you're doing? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not really. But my high, Train to Busan. Okay. The South Korean uh, zombie movie. Probably the best zombie movie I've seen in quite a few years. I've, I've been putting off watching it because I just find all zombie movies these days basically hit the same beats. Yeah, and most if of them I ever, do. If I ever see someone, one more person say, oh, it was, it was only a scratch, it was not my blood, I'm all right, and then like minutes yeah. later turn into a zombie. Oh, That, that happens in... There's a little bit of that, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I thought it was good. Think of new plots, zombie people. Yeah. Uh, my low... It's kind of a high and low at the same time. Uh, Birdemic. Shock and terror. <laughs> yeah. It's... I don't know. Like I told, the worst movie I've seen in forever. I don't know. It, it's really bad. Everything is bad. The acting, dialogue. The special effects. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's fun film though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love the scene when they uh, they walk into this gas station and he's like, hey, the eagles killed my friends. Do you have a phone I can borrow so I can call the police? So the police can track down these killer eagles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thankfully have not seen Birdemic, but it's where, it's, not, there, are, there are many it. films I would watch. Uh, rather watch. No, there are many films. Okay. <laughs> there you are many I mean. films. Birdemic there are many, is one many of them. Films I would put behind the queue in a re- behind a rewatch. Oh fuck! I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> we know what you mean. Are that's, you having a word? That's Demic? what matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Sarah what is your high hello so I think the thing that I've watched that's new is um, XX the anthology that's all female horror directors uh, which isn't a massive high but it was better than a lot of those shitty anthology films that have come along recently so it's not getting great reviews no it's it's (laughs) alright Um, I liked Karen Kazama's section. Um, I didn't like one of the others, but the other two were okay. And your low? Uh, my low is apartment 1303, which I just had to check the number. I was like, what number was it? The one? Yeah. It's sort of trying to be one of those movies that we are talking about where someone moves in somewhere and there's a ghost, uh, but it's just really, really shit. There's immediately a ghost. Immediately a ghost. Uh, immediately a really, like, stupid backstory where they're like yeah four people have moved into that house or that flat in the last few years and they've all died by going over the balcony and you're like sounds like there's a safety issue with the balcony um but yeah it's not good but apartments don't kill people oh my people god kill people like they literally say <laughs> which that is a genuine quote so many genuine quote from the film yeah. he says it about four times yeah. that character called detective yeah <laughs> And of course, and of course, uh, the main character's ex-boyfriend is on her phone contacts as X, just yeah. so we know who it is when they're when they're trying to call her. Yeah, it's like they just shot it from a very very early draft of the script, and yeah. nobody stopped to just go. Should we give them some names? Should we fill this in? <laughs> nah, just keep, keep rolling. <laughs> we, we got Rebecca De Mornay for the day. She's drunk. <laughs> Get it done. Keep it going. She makes that film. Yeah. I, I could watch it again because of her. She, her scenes are brilliant. She's got nothing to do with the plot, but she's brilliant in it. <laughs> Didn't she sing a song at one point as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, now I'm making it sound great. I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very, very poor. Right, well, uh, my low I'm going to start with 
Uh, we're going to talk about the paranormal activity, um, but certainly the first three films later. My low is Paranormal Activity 4. It was the absolute fucking shit show <laughs> of, the, of the franchise. It's just It's got the worst examples of why are you filming this of any found footage i've ever seen i think because there's a it's worse than three. Oh yeah oh yeah oh my god yeah there's, there's a bit where this guy's trying to seduce his new his girlfriend you know they're both sort of underage i think and um he's doing this while pointing a camera in her face the whole time which i don't think is the greatest seduction technique um the the gimmick is that you can see the ghosts using xbox connect if you turn the lights off and look at it through a night vision camera. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. The the um, the boyfriend reveals that he's hacked his girlfriend's laptop so that he's filming her bedroom the whole time, uh, which you would think she would then dump him straight off. But instead, she goes, wow, let's do the same to all the rest of my family. What the fuck? So they, they, he goes around and hacks all their other laptops so that we've got every room covered that we can see. The, see the footage from because apparently these people never actually close their laptops at any point that but is so just... weird though why would you want to spy on your family that's fucking weird well because of ghosts millennials but my my high is the next film paranormal activity the marked ones the fifth one which um it's different it's that's why it's good it's it's not a haunted house film it's a possession movie it's not about some boring white family moved into a spooky house and getting ghosted it's about these uh you know more modest means people in the town um these hispanic friends one of them gets possessed uh then another one gets possessed and they have superpowers essentially at first until it real until it turns out to be a downside but it's very <laughs> different from the rest of the series and i really loved it thought it was great and the ending which ties everything back in with the earlier films in the series it's just i mean if, if a film makes me shout out fucking hell out loud <laughs> and then I know it's, it's, then I know I'm into it, and uh, the ending of Paranormal Activity Five had me going fucking hell out loud twice in quick succession. So, weirdly, I, I I saw it in the cinema, and there was an almost audible huh because it was so incoherent and but, stupid. But I watched all I watched all six films in yeah the space of a fortnight. Did it make sense? Yeah, I was going to say it might be like Saw. Or... It might be like the Saw yeah. franchise where you have to watch. Well, them. it's not as intricately done, and there are plot holes and stuff. Yeah. but it's. It definitely makes more sense if you watch them, you know, in quick succession. Uh, well, anyway, that brings us on to this month's especially spooky theme. I don't want to see a ghost. It's a sight that I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast. But what is our theme this month? Because we can't think of a name for it. Well, I asked on Twitter. I did a poll. Yeah. Uh, to see what to, to see what people will say, and I, I'm actually going to go in right now to check live from Twitter <laughs> what, what what the result is. This is very exciting. I feel like I feel like it's Eurovision. He- hello, oh, Twitter calling. Uh, I can I can confirm that a whopping five people voted in this poll. <laughs> Probably us five. <laughs> no, I don't. No, um, I don't think I've seen this poll. Right, I posted it this morning, um, and I gave them the options of the new scary, which got zero percent, demonic hauntings, which got twenty percent, elongated mouth ghosts, <laughs> which got sixty percent, and my personal favourite, new supernatural which got 20%. I did have a couple of other suggestions as well. Uh, I had Creakers, 
because there's a lot of creaky floors and or such, features. Uh, which are creaker features yeah which is a good spin on that um and kim newman suggested chilennials well if kim newman is, suggests yeah something. i think i think that may well be the uh, the official line he's he's the man he's the master but i personally i personally still have a place in my heart for new natural <laughs> i think in honor of us just having some feedback from kim newman i think it should be chilennials it's fair. Yeah. I, can't, I can't argue with that. I yeah. agree. <laughs> right, so, Chilenials it is. And our first Chilenial feature uh, comes from 2014. It's directed by John R. Leonetti, and it's the second film in the Conjuring franchise. It's Annabelle. John, wake up. What's that? Next door, I, I heard a scream. Stay here. I'll go check it out. John? Is everything all right? Oh my God, you're covered in blood. Go back inside. It's not mine. It's not mine. Go back inside and call an ambulance right now. Go! What the fuck? Is this a Rambo film? I don't think what you're experiencing is a ghost. Sometimes demons can attach themselves to objects. What do I do? Protect your family. An all-American couple in the 1960s survive a hippie cult murder spree, but one of the killers drips blood into their new doll's eye socket with demonic consequences. Um, I suppose the first thing to say about, speak about Annabelle is the design of the doll, which is, is it creepy? No. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's supposedly based on a true story. Have you seen the actual Annabelle yes. doll? Yes. Yeah. And it's just looks a it's nothing. basic. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. It kind of looks like, well, it's Raggedy Ann doll, but mm-hmm. it's a design of Raggedy Ann that looks like um, Frank Sidebottom for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I didn't quite believe the character Mia when John, her husband, gives her the doll and she's like, oh, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it definitely gets more fucked up as it gets possessed or whatever it is that, it, you know. Spoilers, but it's but still like, visibly, but it's still visibly fucking weird. And I know she's got a shelf that are meant to be all the same range, aren't they? Because they're all in like the same dress, but the rest of them look like normal dolls. And then there's this one that's like, that's a horror movie prop. <laughs> it's the same face, I swear, as the doll in Dead Silence, the other James Wan film. Like it's just that that puppet in a wig. Well, it's surely, fairly <laughs> similar to the 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 doll in Saw. Surely, like it. Yeah, yeah. I think James Wan has a has a type. Let's, let's face it. Does anyone like Annabelle the film? No, <sighs> I no. I, I liked it the first time I saw it yeah. because I went to a press screening. They had the doll there. You could you could see the doll. I kind of got sucked up into the whole PR uh, thing and the and the free booze, obviously, and um, just kind of enjoyed it for what it was, which was a bit of a stupid, you know, loud noises, new millennial kind of film. Um, and I, I don't know, there was one thing that bugged me when I watched it then, uh, but that bugged me even more on the rewatch, and that was the fact that Annabelle really clearly obviously has nothing to do with the story mm. and it was another script that they just kind of sandwiched her into because it felt like a cheat like if you go and see a spin-off for The Conjuring featuring the doll you want to see the doll yeah, I mean I, I said it before but I likened it to uh, the Minions film 
Because, you know, if you go and see a Despicable Me spin-off featuring the Minions, you want to see Minions. And you can just happily sit through 90 minutes of Minions. Um, but that film had loads and loads of non-Minion stuff that, that was not very good. <laughs> and it was the same as Annabelle. Like, I could have watched 90 minutes of that doll just sitting there, being creepy, levitating, whatever else. Um, and instead, I got, like, a shit Rosemary's Baby knockoff that had about five minutes of unrelated doll footage in it, and I think that was unfair to Annabelle fans. We're now going to have to include Minions in our list of uh, films we've talked about on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is explained in, um, at the start of The Conjuring that, the, that Annabelle isn't possessed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they've not cheated on that. What they have cheated on is the... You know they've got the same scene from the start of The Conjuring at the start of Annabelle. They've cut out the bit where they say... Uh, Annabelle Higgins died in this apartment in this small tiny apartment because obviously they, they couldn't shoot a film anywhere like that has to be uh, has to be in your boring suburban house that's massive mm-hmm. but I think they changed who Annabelle Higgins was as well didn't they like they seem to have changed everything from that backstory apart from the bit where they say uh, a doll can't have a ghost in it you've got a demon like that's the only thing they seem to have taken from the conjuring the rest of it is completely different. Everything you see in The Conjuring to do with Annabelle seems to not be relevant in Annabelle. What is that bit in The Conjuring where Annabelle's out of a box and being cradled by another ghost in a rocking chair? What has that got to do with anything? I think it's supposed to be Annabelle Higgins holding her. I think the the right. figure with the long hair and the white dress who looks like she's escaped from a J-horror, I think she's supposed to be Annabelle Higgins. It's sort of weird that The Conjuring did provide sort of some bits what you think that they could turn into an Annabelle movie and then they just didn't fucking bother like eh. well you know what the, the front cover of uh, my blu-ray of the conjuring has that rocking chair yep. woman with Annabelle and the back mm. cover half the cover is taken up with a big photo of Annabelle yeah <laughs> you could easily you could be forgiven for picking up the film on the shelf going oh no it's that Annabelle film it's because everybody loves the doll apart from Ollie oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you not like her at all not really, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, she she's not like it's not like a cute doll. It's an ugly doll, but mm-hmm. I don't really find it scary or anything. I think the problem is they've almost tried to make it look too scary. Surely the thing about yeah. scary yeah. dolls is that they just look like dolls, but then mm. there's like exactly. a hint of malevolence, not like it yeah. looks yeah. like a hideous thing. Annabelle Higgins does get a good kind of J-horror-ish um, scare moment, doesn't she? When uh, yep. they're running through the door bit. Yeah, that's wicked. Oh, it's so brilliant. I love that. Is, that. that is the really cleverly done. Well, I've preferred the smaller scale stuff, really. The, like the uh, the bit where she levitates or mm. the bit where the the nursery's had all its little dollies all chopped up and <laughs> mutilated and stuff. Things mm. like that. The big, the big jump scares, the stupid black demon. That doesn't work at all, does it? I remember in the cinema the bit where she's in the lift and there's something in the dark and she, the lift kind of keeps, the doors keep opening and she keeps traversing it and it, it's not going. I remember that being really scary in the cinema, but um, watched at home, it did not have the same impact. Are you guys drunk when you watch these movies in the cinema? <laughs> like just a little bit? <laughs> I genuinely I think, think it's I was just, for Annabelle, yeah. I think it's just the sound design. I think genuinely yeah. it's just the sound design. I think if you're sitting in a dark room and you are forced to have your attention on the screen and then there's loud noises I think it just works a lot yeah. better than it does if you're makes a in huge difference yeah. but that's how it is in our living room too and it didn't really work no. <laughs> um, I suppose the worst thing about Annabelle has to be what they do with the Evelyn character mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh god, it's yeah. so. It just this film is so offensive. I can't even. Yeah, I mean, it, when was this made? Like twenty fourteen, yeah. something like that. And and they're still doing this shit. It was just so. So Evelyn is this uh, black neighbour of the nice white couple, Mia and John. Yeah, she's totally the magical Negro character, uh, who you know, obviously, because she's exotic and black, she's got higher. She works on a higher plane, and she knows all this supernatural stuff. And spoiler, the. Way she, the way that the uh, demon is defeated is Evelyn sacrifices herself just so that this white couple can live. And it just seems incredibly offensive. It's, it's disgusting. They say it, it's set mm. in the 1960s. That's the sort of thing that happened in the 60s. It's like, you can't fucking do it. It's 2014. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh. Bullshit. <laughs> if it, if this if that happened in the 60s, they would have fucking pushed her out of the window. She wouldn't yeah. have gladly jumped out for them. <laughs> but, like... I didn't really understand that whole on rewatch. That no. whole scene made no sense to me anyway. Like even if I ignore that, I was like, they're they're yeah. saying that the demon has taken the baby and it's trying to take her soul or something. There's something about how the demon can't take your soul unless you offer it, but it's taking the baby anyway. And so somebody, I can't tell if she just had to kill herself or if she's actually like been condemned to hell by doing what she does. I can't figure out how much of a sacrifice she made. Is what I'm saying. I guess. Assuming in these films that there are demons and there is a there is a hell, like is she is she just dead, but she's gone to heaven with her dead daughter, or is she actually? Well, I think this demon's there? a bit of an idiot anyway, because you know that scene with the um, popcorn. <laughs> oh they god, are. yeah. So yeah. you notice that the demon turns on all four hobs. So it's as if he's going. Either he doesn't know which hob the popcorn's on, <laughs> isn't very magical, or he's going, "Ha! Not only am I going to set fire to the kitchen, I'm going to waste some electricity as well." <laughs> <laughs> Son of Possibly. a bitch. Oh, it's so fucking yeah. And uh, I watched the deleted scenes. And the, the lamest one is where she's running a bath for the baby and some hot water comes out of the cold tap. <sighs> I <laughs> hate it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Pathetic um, demon. Yeah. One thing to say about Annabelle, and this will be my brief opinion of the movie. Oh, okay. I realize it's the same director who did Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is at least twice as good as Annabelle. Sick burn. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop. Um, but Sarah, you picked this uh, this theme for I us did. this month. What is it that grabs you about it particularly? Um, I think I just really enjoy things like ghost trains and Halloween horror mazes, and that is the same experience that you get with these films, I think. Uh, was like what we were talking about with the cinema you need to be in a dark room and have loud noises and ideally have and other be people drunk. shrieking around you not even be <laughs> drunk it's just that roller coaster thing of like you just want the other people to scream and i just i really love just like i don't know i'm i'm stupid and my animal brain just likes to react to those things <laughs> where you're like you can hear the music start to go a bit creepy and you know the thing's coming and then you've got this like wide shot where the protagonist's over in the corner and you're kind of scanning going where's the ghost coming from it's coming from somewhere and then it jumps out at you and I, I just really enjoy that it's interesting that Sarah mentioned that because I was kind of thinking about like why don't I like these movies what is it about them that I don't like and I was I like equated them to like Disney World mm -hmm. you know it's like a, it's a place where you know it's reasonably safe you pay a little bit more to get in there but the technical qualities are you know they're there everyone's well trained it's perfectly professional you leave with like warm cozy memories and <laughs> and you know you, you can plan it out you know what you're gonna get but 
the kind of horror movies that I like are more like creepy, you know, totally sketchy traveling carnivals where the rides are run by like people on the run from the law and like there's people throwing <laughs> up funnel cakes behind Tilt-A-Whirl and there's a lot of risk and it's like it's seedy and cheap and disgusting and you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Are you going to get robbed? Is something like horrible going to happen to you? You don't feel confident. You don't really feel safe. You don't trust anyone who works there. That's the kind of stuff that I like. I would not go to that carnival. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely just go to Alton Towers. But one of the best ghost train experiences that we ever had was in Vienna, where we went to oh, yeah. uh, this. I mean, we went to Vienna in the middle of January uh, for convoluted reasons, and uh, we got, we got there, and this theme this theme park was absolutely abandoned for the winter, uh, and it was one of those ones that was clearly built a really really long time ago. So like all the models, all the, the like characters everywhere were really like run down, chipped paints. It was really creepy. They're clowns, devils, all these like plastic things that were just looming over you. And we walked around it uh, just because it was quite creepy to walk around this empty theme park in the middle of winter. And there was one ghost train that was open. There was just this old man sat in the booth. Yeah, there were loads that were closed. Yeah, everything was closed apart from this one ghost train with like a devil on the top. And we were like, we have got to go on that. (laughs) Uh, and we did and it That's was awesome. awesome it was definitely one of the best ghost trains <laughs> I've been on so uh, I, I do see exactly what you mean and I get I get the analogy it's uh, yeah I don't entirely disagree Wes Craven once said that when you watch a horror film the first person you've got to be frightened of is the director <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's very true. Oh, I would never be scared of James Wan. Yeah, though. yeah, he's so cuddly. You just <laughs> want to pick him up, put him in your pocket, walk around with him, pull him out occasionally, and go, hey! pinch his little cheeks. Yeah, it's like, a doll. like a doll. It's like a little doll. Cute doll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mind you, there is something to be said for um, the way he films corridors. Mm-hmm. So as you're approaching, you know, as you're approaching a corner, first time you watch these films you're like shit is this going to be something really scary is this going to be something really scary yeah. so that's where half of the fun yeah definitely when, you know I'm not a huge fan of these films but that, that when they're good it's, be- it's largely because of things like that I think he's really good at establishing like a sense of place especially the first conjuring um, that opening shot where they're like zooming around the flat the first time and it's a really long steady cam shot um, that basically takes you on a whole tour of the ground floor of the mm. house so I feel like for the rest of the film I know where everything is in that house so when there is yeah. all the stuff about their running around and playing hide and seek or when um, uh, Lorraine Warren goes in the cupboard and ends up falling through the floor I just felt like I understood how the house fit together and where she was going to end up and where she was going to go and that really helped like it was a ridiculously huge house the likes of which I will never go into in my life but I could I could understand it um, and I've definitely seen horror films that just don't don't get that and you just kind of ghosts are coming in and you're like people are running away and you just don't understand where anything is or where anything's supposed to be cocks it up a bit as conjuring too where the yeah. inside of the house is clearly yes. much bigger than the outside. i find that the most frustrating thing about it i think um just because i i really thought that he would have to do something different like because the conjuring 2 is so much about that a huge ramshackle house that's a very very american house and then i thought oh he's going to be doing it in like a little like grotty council Black, uh, council estate building. He'll have to. He'll have to change his style. He'll have to do something Ooh. interesting. And he just didn't. They just built a fucking massive fake. <laughs> they council built the house. James Wan house inside it. Yeah. <laughs> they did, and it was exactly. It didn't work because it didn't have that sense of place. Because you're just going. Well, that is yeah. not a council house in Enfield. That's, yeah. That's I think the whole ridiculous. film was marred by the fact that it was set in East London, which I know really well. So it just felt like 
this is bullshit the whole time. <laughs> Where was yeah. it filmed? Uh, it was par- partially filmed in Enfield, but also on sound stages. Yeah, East London. You can tell. You can tell because of the establishing shots of Westminster. <laughs> yeah. Oh fucking yeah. hell! When that when London Calling comes up on the opening credits and everybody's like, "Cool, blimey, <laughs> Governor, let's have a knees up." I was like, oh. It was mostly <laughs> shot. It was mostly shot like at Universal's lot inside yeah. studios. So yeah, all the interiors were in the US. Yeah, yeah, it was it was entirely on a soundstage. Well, what do we think about the Warrens and like the fact that they're <sighs> the fact that they're portrayed at all and sort of glamorized when they're clearly fucking you know hoax hoaxers and yeah scammers. And well, because you notice in the first yeah. and second Conjuring, they're they're sort of you know kind of down on their luck horror families with a lot of kids and and you know like in the movie they make them seem like oh they're gonna fix their car or they're gonna help them with this they're gonna buy the kids this when the, you know in reality that's probably bullshit they're probably scamming them for everything they have and i think it's disgusting i agree yeah. unfortunately i think in the in the first film uh i kind of when i saw it on the cinema and i don't think I was drunk for this one <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when, when I saw it on the cinema I was uh, yeah, I, I can't remember I drank so much by that stage was I drunk I don't know um, but yeah I, like I didn't I just kind of let it wash over me because I enjoyed the ride of the film but when I rewatched The Conjuring especially having watched The Conjuring 2 I found the whole thing a lot more uncomfortable because in The Conjuring 2 you get the impression that James Wan had completely fallen under the spell of Lorraine Warren and was so far up her ass. <laughs> I mean, like the uh, honestly, the stuff in the country too, like the, so- the the song where he sings the Elvis song and everybody kind of gathers around and all, all the strings swell in the background. It was so like saccharine and I love that bit. <laughs> oh, just horrible. Oh, no. That's like my favorite it's, scene. I, I don't know, like like I don't think anybody in the world is the the perfect angels that James Wan makes the Warrens out to be in his films. <laughs> no, I definitely think it's a problem, um, and I think it's probably to do with the legal issue surrounding the film as well that they have to be so they have to suck up to Lorraine Warren so much because they are trying to make out that they didn't rip off that guy's book, and then instead that they're just working for Lorraine Warren's life. But I do, yeah, right. I think it's the thing that affects the film negatively. Yeah. I also find that as soon as you bring people who know what they're talking about into these paranormal films then the tension just goes. I don't know if I agree with that. uh, I think the one thing I loved about the first Paranormal Activity, just as as an aside, um, was when the guy, the expert, does show up and just goes, nah, fuck this, and walks out again. (laughs) That was just inspired. Yeah, that that works, because he's not going, that's all right, I can deal with it, and the audience is offered a sort of sigh of relief. That actually ramps up the tension, because Mm. if this guy can't deal with it then ah it's going to be definitely scary yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it turns out to be yeah that was the only good bit in that movie I, I agree I like that part there's uh, like lots of that but I feel like in the first Conjuring it does feel like the exorcism is difficult like when they're doing all their stuff and she's spitting out blood and flying through the ceiling and stuff it's really hard oh yeah and then the second up. the second Conjuring when they turn up and do their ex- when they do their final face off exorcism it's just useless like she just has to say the thing's name and like that's it you're like <laughs> that wasn't that hard was it that was quite easy um right so let's move on to other franchises because this is mostly a franchise based genre mm. i suppose chillennials uh so ouija been two of those so far uh sarah you're a fan of the ouija films i am increasingly so weirdly um after <laughs> re-watching uh the conjuring movies and the insidious movies and the Ouija movies for this podcast, I've decided that Ouija is my favourite, uh, which is weird, but 
There we go. Um, both of them? <laughs> both of them. Both I of them fucking love the first one. Not equally, but I do like the first one. The second one's obviously genuinely good. <laughs> but um, I like the first one. I think they're fun. And something, so something that we were just talking about is about how these movies are really safe and there's no... Um, like they're not that scary because you know everything's going to be all right. Like we're watching both Conjuring movies, and there's like hundreds of kids. Like you definitely could have killed some of those kids off, but they yeah. don't. Yeah, <laughs> not one child. Like somebody out. could have died, but no one does. <laughs> no, there's no no one comes to any harm. Like well, they might get a few bruises, but in the end they'll be okay. Um, at least both the Ouija movies have a body count. They do. They are sort of slashes. The slashes of the of the genre, aren't they? Um, People get fucked yeah. up. Yeah, I don't think they're very good though. Um, especially not the first one. The first one's a nice film, you know. It's it's a fun <laughs> little watch. It's just too wholesome. It's less wholesome than the James Wan films, though. Uh, yeah, like the Conjuring films are way sure. more wholesome. It does also have a Hispanic character who who knows more than everyone else because she's all otherworldly. Yeah, does it? Oh, the like grandmother or whatever she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. Why did they wait so long to like ask her about it? Didn't they um, wait until like a couple of their friends had died already before they were like, "Can you <laughs> help us, please? <laughs> you know all about this. Help us." <laughs> they were breaking into a dead girl's house and doing seances, so I guess maybe they didn't want to mention that. They weren't breaking in, were they? They weren't breaking in. Um, they weren't. They, they, they were looking to... after it. Yeah, but they weren't supposed they... to hang around and have a party in there. They were just supposed to like oh, check no, that no, everything was okay. No, no, because. The girl dies, and her parents say to her friend, "We're just going to fuck off for the next the next few weeks, yeah. so you can get all scared in this dead." Yeah, she house. was just supposed to check on the swimming pool. Make yourself at home. <laughs> there was definitely something about go check on the swimming pool or something. Oh, such bollocks! It's just the way they write the parents out of it. Mm. It's just so bollocks, so so cheap and fake. That was the genre convention. You know, I feel like Ouija's probably the most conventional horror film of all of these ones. Um, and I kind of enjoyed the way it did things like get the parents out of the way uh, because it, it it was like being in that ghost train and being on those rails and knowing exactly where it was going but just waiting for the thing to jump out at you. Um, you know, it's a really simple film. It's really, really, really playing by all the rules. But I, I kind of like that about it. Um, you know, it's not great. Plus, but a it's girl fun. gets hanged with fairy lights. Yeah, that was cool. It's awesome. That, that was rad. Good. How did that stay? How did how did that stay plugged into the wall? I mean, who who cares? Batteries. It was, it was one of the battery operated. <laughs> I mean, ones, a ghost. So. Yeah, a, okay. You know, the ghost. The ghost hanged her. So, like, the ghost yeah. was probably just hanging on yeah, the other just, end. It's fine. Yeah, standing next to the socket. Yeah. Making it sure was it just awesome. Like, like, <laughs> so the ghost is there, we, one we hand on the socket, things. one hand on the girl. Is that that uh, Alanis Morissette film? <laughs> <thing, isn't> <laughs> one hand in my yes, socket. Yeah, that took a minute. One hand. Yeah. <laughs> god um no but like i think that we like it when there are deaths that use unusual weapons and that's definitely not something i'd seen before so yeah obviously the prequel origin of evil is a better film it's got good atmosphere i suppose i didn't particularly like it but it's it's all right um what do you think about mike flanagan's decision to Make it look extra old by putting in fake cigarette burns and real train. Uh, I, I didn't mind. It. I didn't mind it at all. I didn't mind that, but I have to say, the first time I barely even noticed. It wasn't as obnoxious as like Grindhouse or something like that, but it was. It's, no. it's unnecessary. Yeah. It's, not, it's not very distracting. It still annoyed me a little bit. I mean, even though even though Origin of Evil is quite a classy film, certainly compared to the original Ouija, it does still have some really stupid things. Uh, I, you know that bit where. Um, the woman's doing the, the Ouija board and she goes, when I told you I was pregnant, where were you? And the, the spirit marks out the letters S, 
H O W E R. And it takes until R for it to go. <gasps> I love that. Does she it's think it's show, show win my cock to the neighbours? <laughs> Obviously, these, these films are produced by Hasbro. Yeah. Do we think they're good adverts? For oh, there's some gorgeous product shots in there. There's the, there's a, a really nice bit where the camera kind of is above the board and then a girl comes yeah. and pulls it around and the camera goes around with it, which I thought was... it makes They makes the board look gorgeous. Yeah, that was um, good. Obviously, I'm not sure he's really selling it because it, A, it's going to fuck you up and you're going to end up dead and trapped in a dark, cold place. Uh, and B, at the end of Ouija 2, he kind of um, shows you exactly how you can make one at home. Uh. <laughs> Mm. I remember making one out, of, making one out of a pizza board, like a pizza box, when I was a kid. Did you use the little gnome table as the? That's what that's for. Oh my god, I never realised that before. I can't, I can't remember what we used for that, but I remember. Using Did it box. work? Obviously not. Uh, I, I mean, the, the Ouija board's a, a weird thing because, like, you know, growing up watching horror movies, uh, I just have it in my head. No, just just don't do it. And I think the film really, really preys on that thing of, like, you know this is a bad idea. Nobody ever gets anything good out of a Ouija board. Um, so, I, I don't know, I think it's a bad ad. Uh, but you can't, you can't do a good ad for them unless you're, like... It's just, it's not a good game. There's no winners. See you guys, see you guys. Game, nothing it? happens. It's safe. Nothing happens when you yeah. play it. Go buy it. Um, well, Hasbro have also got in development film versions of Hungry Hungry Hippos, <laughs> Monopoly. Monopoly's been in development for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Furby. Might watch that. Might watch that. And this is the weirdest one. There's going to be a film based on Play-Doh. Wow. <laughs> I hope it's directed by Takashi Miike. I would. <laughs> they could do it as a remake of the Blob, couldn't they? Yeah. I would watch that. That would be so. That would be cool. I, I know. Uh, right, Mike Flanagan also directed Oculus. He which, did. CJ, you I know. fucking love Oculus. Yeah, I think I think that's a different league to any of these other films that we're talking about. I, 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 agree. I don't. I don't feel it even fits in with the Chilenial, uh tropes. Yes, it does. I, I don't think it does because it's it's much more of a deeper, darker character piece. It's just you know two people in a house going mad. Um, you know, arguably there isn't even a ghost. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I watched it and it just really got to me. Like I cannot think of any other film recently that's 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 done that um i you know i spent like the whole second half of the film just kind of you know white knuckles uh, in, a, in a real sweat it just really really affected me I, I had this visceral response to it uh which i've not had from any of these other movies i don't know i mean i could go on for a while about it but i'd, I'd probably just start sounding really pretentious <laughs> but I, I i'm i don't know i'm getting the impression i'm i'm, I'm maybe uh not having the popular viewpoint here. It took me ages to get around to watching any of these sort of films because I thought they would just be all, you know, elongated ghost faces and black-eyed children <laughs> and, you know, quiet, 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 loud. And that's exactly what I found Oculus to be like. That's so, so weird. Not one of the better ones, weird. I think. But I, I just yeah. don't even see it as, as part of that movement at all. It's weird. It does feel very different, I, I agree. Because it's better, I guess. <laughs> Much better. Same with Ouija 2. I think it's so much better than the first one. And better than all of these new Conjuring Insidious movies. Yeah. And thanks to Mike Flanagan, I think he's a, he's a great horror director. He is, yeah. Can yeah. we move on to Insidious, as you mentioned that? Mm-hmm. 
I think these are the worst. Yeah, definitely. I like the first one, but I, I hate the sequels. They're awful. Nah, they, they all suck, really. I mean, the first one is only okay, but two and three are just... I think the, the third one at terrible. least tries to make sense, whereas the first two don't even bother with that. Uh, the, the third one's in the, the sort of, oh, it's fine category, whereas the first two are just, oh, God. What what drugs were they taking? The first film, Lee Wannell wrote it, and his plotting is terrible, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, there's something weird going on. Yeah, that's because of this. Oh, is it? Good. You can astrally project, you know. Okay, right, let's do it then. <laughs> <laughs> is that actual dialogue from the film? <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> it's got a really weird protagonist switch halfway through as well, in that the mum is set up as the main character for like the first half of the film. And then halfway through, they're like, oh, no, it's, it's actually Patrick Wilson that you want to worry about, which is a bit weird. It's also really weird that Patrick Wilson is in, like, all these films. It kind of yeah. confuses my brain. <laughs> I think it's because he is regular Joe. You know, you can't get a more regular Joe than Patrick Wilson. So, I can't uh... tell him apart from uh, Will Arnett, I think his name is. Like, they look exactly the same to me. Which which guy, sir? Will Arnett. Oh, that guy, yeah. The, the, Le- the Lego man. The Lego The Lego man. Yeah, he's a Lego man. Lego Batman. Look him up, though. They look he's the same. He's a Lego man. He is, I swear. I don't know what a Lego man is, but... You know, Lego. A man like, uh... from a Lego set. I know what Lego is, but I don't know what a Lego man is. He's a... He, he's he, a Lego he... man. You must have seen a Lego man. They've got hands like... like... Never been on a ghost train, never seen a Lego man. Holly's childhood was a dark place. Did you grow up in a really weird religious family where they said no representations of human form in plastic of any sort? Lee Wannell also plays one of the um, comic relief investigators, which yeah. is double, double tension killing, isn't it? Oh, it's horrible, Not only do yeah. they know shit, but they're yeah. funny about it. In the first one, I felt like it worked. The first time I saw it, I found Insidious really scary, and I felt like the jokes worked because they seemed to fall into the place where you needed... A, like there'd been a scare and then you needed a laugh so you could start from scratch again to build the scares back up um, but re-watching and especially re-watching the sequels I just find them really annoying although they seem yes. to be designed to inspire slash fic on the internet which god especially in the third one the third one is just ridiculous yeah sadly that that does exist between who? Specs and Tucker Angus Sampson yeah oh between the two yeah. investigators yeah <laughs> right while Lin Shay watches. Was, I didn't need that in my brain. Oh, my brain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that was quite a sinister thought. Hey. So, sinister. Good segue. Sinister, the original Sinister is so dark. And yeah. I like Sinister. Yeah, it's I like the first half. I think it's very creepy until the like ghost kids it. show up and just falls apart. The whole so, thing stands up uh, for me. It starts really well. and It's genuinely creepy. Yeah, that just... fucking opening scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you just don't expect to see that in a kind of 15-rated multiplex crowd-pleasing film, you know. Mm-hmm. Family of four being hanged from a tree. Yeah. I remember Sinister scared me when I watched Like, I, I was, like, genuinely yeah. scared when I watched that movie. Yeah, it's creepy. It's really creepy. It's just like all these, what was it, like four snuff movies in the first half hour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And that, yeah. That, they're they're so good. They are. The, the one the lawnmower one really got me this time as well. Yeah. It's just it is the lawnmower <laughs> one. It's so great. It's, it's just so sudden and really unex- even though I knew it was coming, it's so unexpected. And they're they're all soundtrack of these amazing bits of music as well. By like Sun, Boards of Canada and things like that. And Christopher Young did the, the hmm. score as well, who we mentioned last oh. month because he did oh. the Dormant Drip Blood. 
Uh, Sinister 2 is not so good, so because... Sinister 2 no, is the balls. low point of this whole genre for me. Like... I liked it. I thought it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It was okay. I think, I think it's as good as the first one. No. <laughs> no, Why? it's half as good. It's half as good wow. as the first one. I remember the kids were like very over choreographed oh, in the second yeah. one too. Like you could tell they were on yeah. cue, you know, and they were really taking a lot of direction. Yeah. And I, I remember, I remember that. I, I didn't want rewatch anything for this, to be honest. Like the only thing I watched was Paranormal Activity three. So I hope we talk about oh, yeah, it because yeah. I'm like totally unprepared. I could not bring myself to rewatch any of these movies. I've had the best time rewatching them all. <laughs> 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 I've had like, the best month so far on this podcast. <laughs> So my theory about these movies is that they're all kind of inspired by the subprime mortgage crisis because as we're talking about they're all haunted house movies they're all about you know families moving into a house and things going horribly wrong in one way or another and it feels like there's something slightly different about these than there was in the sort of more traditional haunted house movies um that kind of cliche of like you can't just move out it's you it's not the house that's haunted it's you um it feels like this sort of demon is maybe like the specter of debt hanging over them like moving out of the house is not going to solve their problem because they're just never going to get away from all this shit that's going on um yeah i mean they they, they make that explicit in the conjuring yeah. because they say they can't move out because they're tied up with all the money tied up in the house yeah the conjuring's a really good one of that and also the poltergeist remake where in the original poltergeist they're kind of buying this yuppie fantasy house that they're kind of trying to go up in the world and they don't grow into this uh, development that's built on a graveyard um whereas in the remake i think they explicitly say that they're having to downsize and they're having to buy somewhere on a cheaper estate um we've mostly been talking about american films uh but there are some others from around the world shall we compare two quite similar ones the babadook and under the shadow yeah i mean like under the shadow is a really good film and the babadook is like a 20 second child line advert dragged out to 90 minutes absolute piece of crap so I love that fucking movie. up its own <laughs> backside it. as well Holly, Babadook I really liked it, I had a very different reaction very emotional reaction to it so. Now you and I both hate children, right? Actually, you hate. Children, I don't. Right? I don't hate children. I just. I don't. I don't yeah, want do. children. I don't like kids after they're like ten. Well, I think the Babadook has got the most annoying child in it ever. Yeah. Right? Yep, for sure. That's why I love it because it's a great anti-having children kid, uh, <laughs> film. I just uh, can't stand watching him. Whenever, whenever that kid is annoying his mum, it really makes me laugh. How pissed off <laughs> he is! <laughs> it just makes me so happy. I laugh and laugh through Babadook. It's funny good i think it's a bit of a mistake that they actually show the babadook in the you know turning up in the house because it's much it's much more freaky when she keeps seeing like coats on coat hooks and stuff that look like it could be it mm-hmm. um but se davis is fucking brilliant in it, I thought it was Great very good. i liked that it it sort of hinted that you know she maybe even made the book herself oh it doesn't hint mm. it confirms that's, she yeah. absolutely did that's make the 100% book 100% yeah. textual <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there is there is no i think the problem is there is no other story it's like if you accept it as a metaphor then yeah that's a story for grief which um, is what i totally uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely but my problem is that the other good. side doesn't work it's not a good ghost story like that if you if you don't treat it as a metaphor there's there's the there's not really a story like it doesn't go anywhere in terms of what happens with the the monster and and all the rest. It, it, I don't know. I just found it 
like the whole thing seemed to be based around oh my god look at this look at this allegory that we've created and if you watch a lot of horror films then you're used to allegories yeah, anyway this but was, this was totally different for me well, well I, I mean it's yeah i can totally respect a personal reaction to a film because god knows i've had some weird ones like lords of yeah. salem but um but yeah i i had totally the opposite like a sort of uh, one of those rage watches. What about Under the Shadow, though? Oh, yeah, I love, love that. Under the Shadow. That's really good. It doesn't. Yeah, that's that was good great. Too. A story that yeah. works. I feel like Under the Shadow works as, as a story, whether it's supernatural or not. It's There's still yes. a credible threat, and it's still interesting. I really like the characters a lot more. I thought it was really, um, really heartfelt and... It, I, I guess, I guess maybe it is just the difference between having a personal reaction to one and not the other. But I, I felt yeah. like for me, Under the Shadow did everything that the Babadook was. Everyone else thinks the Babadook does that I didn't get from the Babadook. It, I did get that from Under the Shadow. I felt it was it was a nice drama about a particular time in Tehran that is needlessly interrupted by some ghost stories. <laughs> um, you know, I could quite quite happily have just watched a going about mm. a slightly you know, oppressed, oppressed life. That's probably harder um, to sell. Yeah. Well, it's not really. There's plenty of films like it. Yeah, but they, they, don't, they don't sell very well. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. We watched it immediately after Paranormal Activity 3, and unlike that one, Under the Shadow looked like it was set during the 80s. Yeah, it looked yeah. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's... That helped a lot. Okay. Um, and other ones from around the world, we've got um, the Irish film The Canal, well, fuck that? that! I hate that! I hated yeah. that. that utter crap! Hated it! Sorry, hang on. <laughs> it looks good. It's I, the best looking out. I got so angry about the canal, my headphones fell out. That's so much. It's, it's so bad. It's so, so angry. angry. <laughs> His headphone was like, "Fuck this! I don't, I don't want to talk about CJ. this movie." <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. Out of, out of all the films we're talking about today, I think it's the best looking. Gorgeously lit. Don't agree with that at all. Um, no, I I think if in terms of best looking, I'd probably go Ouija two. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a strong. That is a nice looking film actually, Ouija two. Yeah, and I also saw um, one called The Silent House, which was from Uruguay, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Is that the one that's all in that? Yeah, one take. Yeah, it's a it's a one take. Fake ass one, one take. take. Yeah, yeah, that would have made yeah. a nice ten minute short, maybe. The thing that sort of lost me quite early on in in The Silent House is because it's done in this one take. They really have to fiddle around with concepts of time. So the yeah. the lead characters turn up at this house that they're going to do up, help someone do up. Um, it, in the afternoon, it's daylight. They spend about ten minutes inside and then go, "Oh, time for bed." <laughs> it's clearly, clearly still the middle of the afternoon. Um, yeah, it didn't work. Um, it was not good. No. Our second feature comes from Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman, the directors of the hit documentary film Catfish, and is 2011's Paranormal Activity 3. All right, here we go. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey. Oh, it's Katie. Woo-hoo-hoo. Katie. Wait, wave hi to the camera, Katie. Hey, Christy, you want to say hi? <laughs> Whatever happened to us when we were little, I don't remember anything. Whatever it was, it thrived on fear. The more we paid attention to it, the worse it got. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I'm scared. 
So in September 1988, 16 years before the first two paranormal activity films, sisters Katie and Christy experienced their first haunting as children, and handily enough, it was all caught on camera. So Sarah, this uh, was your choice. <laughs> it was my choice. I slightly regret my choice, <laughs> having rewatched it. Um, but uh, I do have a weird sort of misplaced affection for the Paranormal Activity franchise. I've seen them all at the cinema. I know that most of them kind of suck, but there's something about them that kept me coming back anyway. And um, I think, barring the first one, this is probably my favourite of the franchise. Uh Partly it's because of the mythology that gets introduced in this one, which seems like it's finally going to get interesting before Paranormal Activity 4 just chucks it all in the bin. Um, but I like the the ideas that it chucks in. And also it's got the most effective scare for me, or my most fun scare in the form of the fan camera. Um, yeah, yeah, at one point they rig up a camera to an oscillating fan so that it's scanning the whole room uh, and yeah that's just really lovely I really like that a lot I just it, it really plays with that idea that you're only seeing part of the scene um, and you kind of you want to see the rest of it but obviously the fan it's footage that what, it's, that, yeah, yeah, it's that what's around the corner thing exactly we yeah the whole thing with, with fan footage is, is that you're seeing a fixed viewpoint or you're seeing what the character's seeing but that kind of plays with that and it has this thing where it will scan across and then something will move but then the camera will move away and you'll have to wait for it to complete its cycle and get all the way back before you can see what's happening um and yeah, I really got a kick out of that. Yeah, that's easily the best bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're filming everything from before the haunting starts, aren't they? Yes, I think. Which so. is really um, weird. When which is really the guy weird. F- the guy films everything. He's doing his sex tape, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sex, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's I can't right. Yeah. Believe you're filming, yes. That's what she says. It's only yes, she does. Um, yeah, it's because he's trying to get her to make a sex tape, and then there's an earthquake, and during the earthquake, some dust falls and suggests a figure standing at the end of the bed. Yeah. That would make sense. That would make sense if the very first thing you see is, is the sex tape, but it's not, is it? They're, they're um, already filming everything. The guy films I, I everything. I mean, films. he walks around the house with a camera, and he hears like a noise, and instead of like yeah, the but camera, that's the investigator zooms in to make sure to catch it all on tape. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, the, fir- the first paranormal activity, we join them while the hauntings have already started, haven't we? Yes. That's why they're filming everything, because mm-hmm. they're already being haunted. This one, there's no reason why, especially in 1988, people would um, be walking around with a... Well, he's... It's because he's filming those little girls, yeah. and it's fucking weird. It's oh, yeah. Weird. He, he's not even their dad. He's their mom's new boyfriend. He's, like, yeah. filming these little girls all the time. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, when, when you put it when you put it that way, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it really Especially is. When the little girls are like, something happened to us when we were little, but we can't really remember what it was. Mm. I wonder. We got it all on yeah, tape. I think, I think the most wow. tense bit is when uh, Randy's in the bathroom with one of the girls. Can't remember which one. Um, they're yeah, shut in the bathroom together and he's filming her. And it's like, where's this gonna fucking go? <laughs> yeah. I didn't really see that, but okay. Because um, Randy's not I, even. Yeah, I don't know why Randy's even there. Well, he's he's the yeah. guy that watches all the videos of the little girls in the garage yeah. with the, the stepdad, <laughs> and then and then he's conveniently the one they call to babysit the little girl when she's by herself. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, because no, the um, babysitter is Lisa, who has. I think she gets the cheapest fucking jump scare in all of found footage and chilenium chilenial movies, where. The, ca- the oscillating camera's going and she just jumps out in front and goes, boo. She literally says, yeah. boo. Yeah. There are two in this film and there's there's the, well, there's that one earlier on where um, oh. the mum, whose name I've forgotten, is it Julie or something, um, hides in the cupboard and jumps Ooh. out with Halloween mask on. Yeah. 
and yeah. CJ absolutely lost his shit at that bit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't remember I was it was really, really tired. You see, the thing—the thing about Paranormal Activity, and in particular Paranormal Activity Three, is that these are movies where you just watch people sleeping for a long time. And, oh, especially this um, one. Uh, yeah, especially this one. And, and I mean, I remember when we tried to watch three in a row, first three. Oh, fucking hell! By the time it got to the third one, I, yeah, I was. It was such a fight to stay that's awake. That's why they have the jump scares every ten minutes to make sure you're not. Sleeping. But yeah, but that's but that's why I jumped yes. out of my skin at that awful cupboard gag <laughs> because I, I was so tired. I was I was nodding <laughs> off, and then suddenly there was this tremendous loud noise. And I, yeah. <laughs> well, I was um, well, I was watching this yesterday, and um, my missus Deb was sitting next to me. She wasn't watching it; she was just reading stuff on her phone. And there was that bit where Julie's putting her hand down the garbage disposal thing and then suddenly a, a light explodes somewhere off in the rear yeah, speakers. Yeah, yeah, And they went, oh, fucking hell, that really shit me up. I wasn't <laughs> even watching it. So yeah, it just goes to show that these films are so... I mean, as cheap as it is to make paranormal activity films, you might as well just have a blank tape yeah. with an occasional <laughs> loud noise. <laughs> Yeah. That would be more entertaining. Need you need to concentrate. <laughs> yeah, it's unnecessary to concentrate on them to be shit up by things like that, isn't it? It's it's a real shame because the first one was so effective and different and and worked, and then yeah, they just descend into real cheap scares, like the cheapest of the cheap. That's a shame. That could have been a great franchise, but it really wasn't. Of course, it does that thing of uh, putting captions on for each night that they sleep. So you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that nothing happens on the 11th of September 1988? Apparently, that was done out of respect. Oh, wow. idea, what? I know the idea of anything happening on 11th September 1988. Well, it's just. Can you imagine the outcry? That's really stupid. Wow. What I want to know is like who, who edits this? Like who has edited these mm. tapes? Like I don't get it. The if ghosts. you edit something, you, you get rid of all the un- uninteresting stuff. You keep all that, like, good stuff. But it's, like, yeah. a little bit of, like, good stuff, and there's, like, well, two minutes of nothingness, and then there's, like, I don't know. very it. good, because they keep cutting people off in the middle of sentences. Yeah. They cut out half of the sex scene as well, uh, which is really weird, because you're like, who is editing yeah. this? And, like, yeah. what was happening in that bit where you decided we didn't need to see? I thought it was so sad that they didn't manage to have fun with the 80s setting because, you know, that, yeah. that's just like a, a set decorator's dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just could have been so much fun. The only thing that kind of looks remotely 80s was the babysitter. Like her yeah. 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 She, she, looked, she looked 80s. That was it. She had a go at it. Yeah. She, she got I wonder the if she just... She, yeah, she just showed <laughs> up, like, wearing 80s clothes because yeah. she'd been asked to and, and nobody else bothered. Um, yeah. It's a shame. That could have been fun. All right, well, I think we're coming to the end of the show, so it's time for our quiz, Scary oh, no. Noises. Oh, God. The worst. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one. <laughs> Popular as ever. So this is our fourth game, fourth game of Scary Noises, and so far Holly and Richard have won two. There's been one draw, but I think um, I think this one's going to be skewed towards Sarah's interests, obviously, because <laughs> half of each. Oh uh, my god! Pair. If I get don't get any this time, I think I just need to like retire in disgrace. Well, half of each pair is going to be from the Chilenials theme. Um, difficulty level variable, I would say. <laughs> you ready for this? You got your bells and buzzers ready? Yeah. Here's your first pair of scary noises. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Jay. Yeah, um, is it... Uh, it's an M. Night Shyamalan film, the dialogue. Either The Visit or Split. Go for it. Uh, is it the visit? No! Oh. You know what? I'm going to take pity on you and let you have that for Split. Oh. Oh, it's just, for, there, were two, there were two reasons why I didn't think you would have gone for Split. One, because it's just so fucking awful that any <laughs> rational-minded person wouldn't want to think about it again. And the second reason was because I didn't think you would have been able to get the audio because it's not out yet. Well, Cliff yeah. has ways. Is the music from Insidious? No. Damn. Um, Holly and Richard, do you want to hear the music again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Annabelle? No. I'm just going to um, guess Annabelle for everything. <laughs> it's the opening title uh, music from The Conjuring. Damn it. Uh, which we just watched like two know, nights ago. In fact, no, last night. And we still didn't get it. <laughs> it's the same composer. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. that's not the easiest one. There are easier ones coming up. Here's the second pair. Well, a few days go by and the old man calls up hysterical. The cat sutures had burst when he was at work, and by the time he got home, Seymour was sprawled out on the back porch with his guts spread all over the pond. Um, is the music from Ouija 2? Yes. yes. Did you yeah. get the dialogue? Uh, no. Uh, I feel like it's really familiar from recently, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna steal Holly's trick and go with Annabelle. <laughs> no, no, no. It sounds kind of familiar, but I, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I nothing. Know. It's from May. Oh, it's from what? Fuck. May. May. Oh. oh. The voice sounded familiar, but the dialogue didn't. Yeah, it's a vet talk, isn't it? Uh, here's the third one. Ah, ah, my buzzer! My buzzer! <laughs> the music is necromantic. <laughs> it is necromantic, but you didn't even hear any of the dialogue, so you only get the one point. <laughs> so, uh... The dialogue uh, for Sarah and CJ. We found a hammer in the canal with your fingerprints on it. Is it the canal? It is the canal. (laughs) (laughs) Major clue in there. Holly. (laughs) Should have waited. I couldn't help it. I get too excited. Yeah. I I burst in. That's such a great piece of music. Yeah. Score so far is 3 1 to CJ and Sarah. We're halfway through. Here's the fourth one. They just moved to Willow Point. My brother had a house in that development back in the 90s. We'd never visit him because of the cemetery thing. The thought of it just gave me the willies. What cemetery? Just the, that development built on a former cemetery. Oh, but they moved it, though. Yeah. The developers relocated the whole thing brought some Yes, parts. sir. 200 um, I'm guessing the dialogue's a Poltergeist remake? Yep. Yeah. I don't know what the music, music is. No. Something Italian, probably. <laughs> Very familiar. I think it's a town. CJ? Is it um, uh, Murder Rock? No. <laughs> I'm thinking Fulci, but I, I don't know. No, it's, it's Cannibal Ferox. Oh, oh, fuck. So that's 4-1 to CJ and uh, Sarah so far. Here's the fifth pair. I'm really hungry, Mum. Why do you have to keep talk, talk? Talking, don't you ever stop? <laughs> I need to sleep. Sarah? That is presumably the fucking Babadook, the dialogue. It is the fucking Babadook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't know what don't the music No. Right, so for Holly and Richard, uh, I'll tell you the clue for the music comes at the very end. I'm really hungry, Mum. Why do you have to keep talk, talk, talking? Don't you ever stop? 
I was just... I need to sleep. I'm sorry, Mummy. I was just really hungry. If you're that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit? <laughs> Nope. Nah. That was Bone Tomahawk. Oh, fuck that. Okay. Um, wow. The last pair. Here we go. This is actually quite a difficult one. I'd be surprised if you get this, but... Actually, the music's not difficult, is the it? The music's oh. insidious. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the dialogue? No, I didn't even game? hear it. <laughs> didn't, didn't hear it. <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit overexcited. So, Holly and Richard. <laughs> No, it's Nailgun Massacre. Wow, that's left field. Yeah. <laughs> 6-1 to CJ and Sarah, their first win. Amazing, that and a big win as well. Great that's adventure. only because this, these are the only films I know. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> well, that was Scary Noises. <laughs> so that's Chilenials done and dusted. We can put soft closes on the wardrobe doors and mop up all the ectogism. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, and at letterbox.com slash DX5. And most importantly, please leave nice reviews on iTunes to help us get noticed on there. And join us next month when we'll be turning our attention to the dangers of the internet, deadly downloads, and computers turned evil. Yep, that's PCs gone mad next month on Devil Times 5. <laughs> and our features will be Evil Speak and Unfriended. Thanks for listening.